The Mr. Nelson Show, brought to you by Selfie.com slash Nelson. Yes, there you can find the Nelson Theater, where you can purchase several films that make up my poor man's mystery science theater treatment on films that really deserve it. Well, maybe not all of them, but I do it anyway because, well, you know, it's a bit of an a-hole. But hey, it's like watching old crappy and some not-so-crappy B-movies with me, complete with my witty commentary, uh, cartoon sound effects, inappropriate laugh tracks, and of course, yes, bathroom humor. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. The following program is all that is left of episode 172 of the Mr. Nelson Show. Just one crazy messed up disaster after another. So the first half is pretty much unlistenable due to a strange echo on my vocals. (laughs) So apologies to Pat Dixon, who is my guest. The second half is what uh, we we ha- I had to call him. He had to record his part of the tracks, and then I recorded mine, uh, which doesn't quite match up. And I had to piecemeal it back together because it turns out uh, the software I was using on an older computer, as the my main computer was giving me problems. Uh, each time I had prolonged silence while I listened to Pat. It would stop recording. I didn't notice this, but and now after the fact, I was like, "Wow, it's why we only did like thirty minutes. That's cool." No, we did like an hour, uh, and so when I got his tracks that he sent me, uh, boy, I could see where it didn't match at all. And I, how could that be? Well, it's because the software would pause where I'm silent sitting there listening to Pat talk and all that. So I had to go in and recreate the conversation <laughs> with what I had. And uh, also I thought, oh, it's not picking me up well, and it, it was picking me up fine, but I got closer to the mic than I needed to, and so it's... Oh, boy. <laughs> so here we are... Uh, Mr. Nelson Show, episode 172, talking to Pat Dixon. We talked about Trump in that whole week, which I'd covered in the previous episode with uh, Lefty and Red. And uh, we I got Pat's take on it and all that. But we're pretty in the same boat there. So you can pretty much figure out what we thought of the events of the week. And then I was going on different uh, news stories that I had uh, in conjunction with that, and there was this coffee shop that got attacked by Trump protesters, uh, mad at the coffee shop for being pro-Trump, and they began to throw human feces at it. <laughs> and so uh, we picked up there, and so uh, here is your Nelson show already in progress. We left off where I said there was protesters who were throwing feces at a coffee shop. Oh, I didn't know about that. Pro-Trump. That's great. 
That's great. Throwing feces. They they they're great. Yeah, they've really kind of brought themselves down to chimp level. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh not not really a good sign for Western civilization. No, that's usually one of the signs of the end because uh, it go out through history. It's like Rome; they ended up going that level, and uh, the chaos of the French Revolution. There was that kind of behavior. So, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, it's almost biblical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the the they say that uh, history repeats itself, and uh, we could be at the end. Then you know of uh, right at the beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know what I, I think it was uh, Christian Finnegan who said that you know uh, downhill is the fun part. You know, like on a ride. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That, 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 that's one way of looking. There's some at truth it. to that. It, the, the strange, the strange thing about it is that in in a, in a lot of aspects for us here in the West, it's the best time to be alive. It's practically paradise, uh, and yet. Uh, there's a lot of spoiled brats who just don't get it, and they just they they want to bitch about something. They want conflict. They want trouble. Yeah, and uh, they thrive on it. I guess. I well, you know, know, the youngsters, just, uh, the people in college and whatnot, they right. they're always primed to you know want to belong to something, and I think that they've really unleashed that power on Trump and the Trump administration, which is unfortunate because. I really think uh, it's a misguided deal, you know. I mean, uh, it's he's an easy sell as far as oppression goes, I guess, you know, because he doesn't really uh, worry about correcting himself and speaking in a way that 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 they will find palatable. Uh, but uh, you know, an old white guy always a good target for that kind of an attack, I guess. And Trump is is just an especially uh, good, you know, example of an old white guy. Yeah. <laughs> What and but one of the things I always say, thought about was that the old white guy, or it could be a woman, uh, is that that's the proper age for someone to hold that office. You you know you go out in your your prime and you you make your fortune, and then in your retirement years that's when you serve because otherwise these younger people who serve they stay there for decades, not having any real uh, real uh, life experience and how to relate to the populace, you know, and they're just there to make become they become millionaires, but it's really through a a, a, a legal form of theft. Yeah, well, I mean that's a, a good example is Obama. You know, you'd say that Obama, like he he, he hit the office really young, and you know, with the experience of uh, I guess he's like a junior senator, and then he was uh, before that a community organizer, and say, well, there's a guy who can really communicate with the people, but. A community organizer really only communicates with a certain, uh, a, a very selective part of the people. Uh, the well, the communist part, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, this is the last person you want to be president. You know, uh, it's just, uh, and that and that seems obvious, you know, to me. But this is one of those times when the things that seem the most obvious to to you know people like in a common sense way they they it's uh it it's the least accepted type of knowledge uh for you know hollywood for the for hollywood and and i guess the unions or whatever the you know th those type of people everybody who's you know rooting for what they think is the underdog and everything yeah but and and students but in, in all reality trump was the underdog in that election, you oh. know, I mean, Hillary had all the advantages, 
and uh, it yeah. didn't, you know. But that's the thing. Like you said, the obvious, the real, the the, the factual is not going to matter because uh, we've, no, we've gone no, through, yeah, we've gone through the definition of terms. They'll they'll change that just to get out of, and it's there's nothing you can do about it. And hopefully, there's a there's more of reasonable people if you can reach. <laughs> <laughs> to come to some sort oh. of understanding but so i mean oh. of co- course online and on television it looks far worse than it usually is you get out and in the real world you actually get away from the screens and whatnot and you'll meet people it's not as bad but still it's a problem and so i don't know well, yeah and it well in analyzing it in real world terms is always it's interesting because he was an underdog i mean by by definition, a, a ten to one underdog or something like that, and I, you know, like uh, he, uh, f- you know, favored uh, the 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 polls that the New York Times, you know, was putting out. I guess election day wasn't it ninety percent uh, chance that Hillary would win? Yeah, and he's filled, and yet he did win, and yet, and a lot of people kind of had a feeling he would win. It was a uh, He's just a lot of contradictions, Trump. You know, he's a uh, a billion a billionaire who can speak to the people better than than anybody in recent memory, and, and he relates to uh, to common people. And in that way, he's a uh, you know a guy with no political experience who politically outmaneuvered you know the the Clinton machine. He's uh, an, an underdog, but and yet it was destiny that he would be elected uh you know a a billionaire underdog is just something you don't really uh think about too often you know i mean usually you think of an underdog as uh you know uh, somebody uh uh, impoverished or you know uh, somebody coming from a a less advantaged kind of position but he uh you know and and then you know he, he was uh a candidate who had to fight against both parties the media and uh, the political establishment, literally everyone except his voters. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing to me uh, that that people don't see the appeal of somebody like that. You know that they could go, oh, well, fuck him. He's a, you know, he's just he's the problem. Uh, he's somebody who hasn't had anything to do with all the decisions, all the bad decisions that have been made. You know, he has no connection to that. He's beholden to nobody. So it's it's just such an appealing overall package. I, I it's it's stunning to me that so many can cannot see that. Yeah, it's a and it's it it's a the popular narrative is just the rich are the powerful, and that's the problem. When in actuality, and in this this came through from some of the other candidates and stuff, and Trump actually represents it, even though he didn't quite speak to it entirely, but it was this idea that there is a political class, and these are people who do become multimillionaires, but they don't they don't produce anything. They didn't they got in there young from Congress and worked their way to the Senate and this sort of thing, and they create a whole protection racket out of the government that's been running for you know for a hundred years or so, and. And that's what, how they make their money, and it's all theft from everybody. And the rich got to pay into that for the protection. 
you know, and a huge corporations uh, have got to bend a knee to these people. And Trump was one of those people. So Trump, he worked in the business world. You know, you can talk about his daddy gave him some money. He gave he gave him a million. He loaned him two million. He had to pay that off. And he turned. I mean, you could give you you or I three billion dollars, and I don't think we're going to become billionaires out of it. We might do well, but you know, but uh, yeah. so you got. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Exactly. So you got to give him that. And then plus he has experience, basic managerial experience, which is what the job calls for. And he had actual interaction with the construction world. He knows those guys. You can tell he speaks that language. And so, uh -huh. so those were his advantages going in. Plus, I just think it was the right time. The, the stars were aligned and all that sort of thing. And it worked out for him. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and a guy with that kind of experience is not somebody who is, you know, into, uh, you know, using the government to steal from, uh, to steal from the people, you know, which when you look at, uh, Hillary Clinton's record, you know, it's, it's rife with that kind of thing from uranium one to whatever else we don't know about. Yeah. That's all she is, is that whole thing. And is that's when they, well, I've got experience. You've got experience in how to work a corrupt machine that just steals from people. You know, and yeah, so you're complaining about problems that you've been actively working on for the last 30 years. Yes. You, you do have a long uh, career in politics and in government, but it's it isn't distinguished. It's it's actually rather uh, damning, you yeah. know, the, the closer you look at it. Oh, boy, I tell you. But anyway, so, okay, for far as I'm concerned, that wraps that up. Uh, I'm talking to Pat Dixon of New York City Crime Report and Crime Report at CompoundMedia.com. And uh, shifting gears uh, on the recent uh, New York City Crime Report podcast with uh, you and uh, Seth uh, Barron, uh, uh, so one of the stories that came along was this, this terrible, terrible event uh, of a love triangle that went bad and ended in flames. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's true. That happened in the in the Boogie D, the Boogie Down B up in the Bronx, as we yes. say. The Boogie yeah. Down B. <laughs> Home of the Botanical G <laughs> and birthplace of hip-hop. And it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> happened right there uh, in an apartment on, uh, I, I believe it was in Tremont, where uh, this guy discovered his girlfriend having sex with another guy and just set her on fire, literally doused her with accelerant. And uh, in the process, somehow, now, he set himself on fire, and it was reported as like a... A murder suicide, but I thought I don't think that anybody would set themselves on fire, and maybe in some sort of a protest, but not like uh, to say, "Hey, you know, look at her burning." I think I'll do that and kill myself. I, you know, you do anything other than catch yourself on fire. I, I think uh, you know it uh, is certainly, uh, <laughs> especially while watching someone else you just set on fire. Right. Too. Right. Exactly. Uh, I, I think he, he must have gotten the – he wasn't very careful where the accelerant went, got it on himself, and, well, fire loves oh, that oh, accelerant, yeah. so it doesn't oh. care where it is, so it's going to go where it is. Uh-oh, right. uh-oh. So he should have thought that through. Uh, I can understand the anger, but uh, – Yeah, what, a, what an immediate sort of a – just a, a total kind of a, a anger uh, – expression expression of that anger i can understand him like beating the crap out of her and maybe that did he burn the other guy too 
No, the other guy jumped out the window uh, uh, from the second. Man. They were on the second story of a five-floor uh, building, and and he uh, hurt his ankle, but he's otherwise unscathed. So. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I <laughs> I'll take the ankle. Uh, <laughs> I'll take a broken ankle. Take, cut time. my whole leg off. In fact, you know, if I don't end up exactly, yes, yes, take up. the leg. I'm good. Yeah, I, that guy. Anyway, I'm sure that uh, the guy would regret it if he was alive to regret it, but he's. Alas, uh, he's basically a carbon burger, you know, uh, and uh, they, he didn't make it to the hospital where they pronounced him dead, but uh, that might have just been because it was too smoky for them to communicate uh, around that, uh, that place. I, I don't really uh, see that he could have lasted too long, I, but uh, hey, it's, uh, it's another one of those New York City stories, you know, I mean, if you listened on, you heard that this guy found his uh, wife dead along with her lover uh, in a uh, garage where she had been uh, having right the mechanic. mechanic I did a I did a Nelson yeah I did a cartoon on it oh good <laughs> I can't wait to see it yes <laughs> uh, yeah I kind of got weak uh, I, all I did was you know it's just a typical Nelson news cartoon when I'm relating it and I show the picture of the poor woman who is now deceased and I was gonna put a car in it where it slowly clouds up you uh. <laughs> But I just couldn't bring myself to and do the it. Hump but I just, mean, the hump thing gets slower and slower as they. Uh... Yes, yeah, the car <laughs> stops shaking. <laughs> exactly. See, so you know how it would have been. But uh, yeah, so that was her mechanic, and I understand it was a transaction where she didn't have the money to pay for the repairs on the car, so she said, well, I can give you some sex anyway. Well, all right. Well, you know, it's not and, specified uh, that she didn't have the money. Uh, whether she had the money or not, she was using sex to pay. Uh, now, maybe... Oh, yeah, just to say yeah, yeah, she was. maybe she got two quotes, you know, one in sex and one in money, and thought, you know what, that, that sexual quote sounds a lot better. I'll take that. <laughs> and, uh, you know... It's it's great currency. The vagina is great currency for for women. Sometimes it is. It because you spend it, is. then you get to in fact keep it. But not in this case, you know, because the uh, the CO two caught up with them in the garage, and you know the husband he seemed to be very kind of forgiving about it. He mentioned that you know if there would have been a CO two uh, detector here, none of this would have happened. You know, and I, well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's look at the other side of that. If there had been a CO2 detector, then, you know, she might have been just, uh, they might have just wound it up and gotten out of the room by the time you got home, you know? I mean, like, you never would have known. Maybe he was in on it, you know? Maybe he was like, you know what? Uh, I don't really want to pay to have this transmission. Uh, oh, he, uh, he walked in on them earlier, and he saw what was going on, so he just uh. closed <laughs> the door that they had left open for yeah. fresh air. <laughs> And they were so now he's, enthralled, a, now he's a murderer, really. You know, a double murderer. If he, <laughs> yeah, well, a lot smarter than the guy with uh, the 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 accelerator, right? Quietly so closing a door, and uh, that's the end of that. Yeah, you remind me of a dream that I had. I dreamed that I killed somebody. Now that we're talking about it, I, I've forgotten all about that dream until just now. I, because you know, I don't sleep as much as I should sometimes, and and dreams are something that I don't really have you know and then like uh, when i do get some good sleep and get caught up then i'll have sometimes these very vivid dreams about carrying a murder weapon i just had the handle of a knife in my hand and i that's that's neither here nor there that's just something i'm recalling right now but uh you know it's uh being a when you think about being the subject of a murder investigation there's there's almost nothing more terrifying than uh the the, uh, the law closing in on you and then you know, uh, putting you on trial and locking you up for the rest of your life 
for something that you only got to enjoy for a few minutes, you know. I mean, you get to think about it, enjoyment for the lifetime, but, uh, you know, you got to suffer uh, everything you suffer in prison in the meantime. Oh, good God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, That's there's a lot of murders in New York City. A lot of murders, and a lot of them are boring. Uh, and, and so, but then even when somebody sets somebody on fire, you know, it's not really a front page news kind of a thing. You know, I mean, this is beneath the fold down on like page 16 or something. Uh, it's just not seen as, yeah, it, it's not, a, it's not as significant as a president who said would instead of wouldn't. Right. No, never. No. Uh, it's, it's not as, it might not be as significant, but it's certainly, uh, certainly more interesting yeah, I know. I mean, you got fire. There was a little uh, mentally challenged girl who got uh, beheaded by a, a Mexican cartel. Uh, I think it was in Maryland. Uh, so, but that that came and went. That's not important. An actual beheading here in in our country. How about that? And uh, oh wow, yeah, it's it's unsurprising really when because that's what happens when you start. You know, uh, when when the borders are not uh, when they become porous, you know, and and there's a lot of cultures coming in where beheading is just kind of like, you know, uh, I guess not quite as shocking as it is to uh, you know us in America. Uh, beheading is just about the most horrifying thing you can think of, especially of a little mentally challenged girl. Uh, like what I don't I, I know I believe she was with her grandmother at the time. And uh, her grandmother... And Oh, but let me clarify. I say mentally challenged. I just heard that she was a special need, so I don't know. if Maybe it was a physical problem or something, but I, I just assumed. But whatever. Yeah, it could have been anything. She could have just had like a like a, a bad leg or a stiff neck, although a stiff neck would have come in handy, I guess. Yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, because, you know, they say beheaded. You know, it wasn't that clean. That They sawed it off, so it took well, a while. Yeah, and when you think about sawing it off, you think, wow, that must be a real endurance activity, you know, when you're sawing off. I mean, endurance of your soul to be able to just, you know, go, no, it needs to come. I, we've already. Oh, man. Yeah, imagine the blood, you know. If you're going to cut a head off, you want you want that person dead for a little while first because then the blood's not circulating and it's not going to squirt. And you want to, like, contain that blood as much as possible. So if you if you if you kill somebody and leave them on your floor for a while just laying there, then uh, you have a much better chance of getting their head off, uh, with, you know, more cleanly. When you dismember a body, there's not as much blood as people would imagine if you do it the if you do it right. But if you do it, if you kill them first, because when the heart's still pumping, you know, while they're still alive, you know, and then yeah, it's gonna go spraying everywhere. It's gonna be a sprinkler, yeah, and you don't want that. I mean, that's like uh, all that's evidence. So you want to definitely contain. Well, plus, the, I mean, like that. Not to, to say nothing of the fact that if someone's screaming and writhing around. As you try to cut their head off, now you're dealing with uh, you've got resistance, you know, but the you've got no resistance from a from a corpse. So you know, I guess it's it just depends on how important it is that that person be horrified before they die. Yeah, well, I think that's the, the those cartels like uh, like the, the the jihad guys. They want to send a message of what they'll do to you if they get their hands on you, and you, and they don't they don't like you particularly. In this case, she just happened to be a witness to them, I believe, murdering her grandmother. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what they did. So, well, if well, you're... you know, they, the, the reason they have to do it that way is because, uh, the, you know, they the way their in- income is distributed, it all goes to the to, I guess, you know, they have various uh, they lose a certain amount of of their product through 
you know, arrest or bust and, and whatnot, you know, like you hear about it all the time that they uh, have several million dollars worth of fentanyl or uh, marijuana even or, or, you know, cocaine commonly. But, uh, you know, so they lose a certain amount there. Most businesses don't have that kind of loss and they can afford advertising. But they can't. They don't have an advertising budget. Therefore, if they want to send a message, they just have to count on the news. And if they want to be reported in the news, they have to do something like cut a head off. You know, so that's. I guess they figure it's. You know, the best advertising is word of mouth, and nothing speaks louder than a than a you know decapitated head. I guess. Well, yeah, and I guess they could uh, kind of work that into the mitigating circumstances to. Maybe get some leniency, you know, because it's, it's it's tough running those businesses with it being illegal. And all. Well, it is. Yeah, it is. It is tough. It's it's tougher than people really uh, account for, and and you know, like they and they can't write that off. You know, I mean, that's not they, they're not paying taxes, so there's no such thing as a write off. No. So there's no other really. Uh, the you know the benefits are strictly they they just have to get the word out any way they can and and hope for the best. Yeah. Now, prison is becoming a strange place even more than usual, and our friends across the pond, they uh, they allow uh, uh, transgender people to be in the prison of the sex they uh, identify as. So there was a uh, recently a, a man who became a woman, uh, I forget what the crime was, uh, but anyway, was sentenced to prison, so they sent him to the female prison. Well, lo and behold, uh, he's been sexually assaulting the other inmates. <laughs> Because he's she uh, has yes, it appears she's a uh, 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 pre-op. Uh, so, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so uh, yeah, there, there was some uh, rapes in there. And uh, so, wait, so she so she's been using her penis, yes, to homosexually rape right uh, these uh, these other inmates. Well, that's a shame. But you know, prison rape is prison rape. They say is part of the punishment. You know, so. And, and for a long time, you know, I'm sure that, that while sexual coercion and gay for the stay and, uh, and a certain amount of rape has happened, you know, for uh, lesbians, they really haven't had to worry about full-on penis rape no. uh, maybe, maybe, from another maybe woman, the, you know. Yeah, maybe the occasional fisting, but not, right. not penis. So not not sure. specifically a penis, which is uh, like a yeah, fist. You yeah, don't carry exactly. HIV or uh, genital herpes or or you know uh, warts or anything like that. But with a with when a woman has a, a penis that she rapes you with, as in this case, uh, then you do have those concerns. Even pregnancy, you exactly. Know, that's the way two that's, women that's can the have a baby yeah. together. Because yeah. yeah, like a so fist, you might get a, it might end up lo- losing a fingernail in there, and then that's kind of a a ring, maybe. Yeah, and that's always you know an inconvenience at the least. But this, so, so they they moved this uh, person to the male uh, uh, prison, which I'm sure she'll be really popular there. But uh, yeah, oh, wait, they put a woman in a male prison now. Well, trans woman, <laughs> a woman with a penis. They yes. put her into. You know, Into well, the... let's call her a woman. I mean, you know, she's so that's inhumane. Yeah, well, I, it was strange because I'm not sure since they had already decided that if a prisoner uh, uh, is, identifies as a woman, you got to put them in the female prison, which they did. But then, uh, well, she started raping uh, some of the other women, uh, and so they said, "Okay, well, if you're gonna be all rapey like all men are." <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll put you in the male uh, prison. So I guess it's kind of a punishment for this trans woman. Uh, of course, if the other, if if a lesbian, like I said, fists another woman against her will, uh, she's not going to have to go to the male prison. She'll just get another charge. No, but no. Uh, it's always well. It's, you see, that just shows how the discrimination against trans uh, women continues. You know, uh, exactly. It's just, yeah. uh, and and they've unwittingly, you know, just illustrated that. You know, and I know that England considers itself uh, just a bastion of liberal progressive uh, law enforcement, but uh, you know, in this case, they've real they really screwed the pooch. And uh, and screwed the trans woman, you know, because uh, that's going to be difficult for her over there. Uh, it's uh, especially since she appears to be attracted to women, not men. So it's really going to be tough on her. Yeah, a lesbian woman uh, with a penis now, uh, yeah, is going to have a rough time in male prison, no question. You know, I, I, it begs the question though that if, uh, say, if you or I, I mean, we're, now if you were arrested and you were you were bound for prison, do you think that you might? look within yourself uh and discover that you are actually a woman yes uh prior to going yes in. yes i think i yeah would. i think i might just yes. to just to make sure that i got put someplace where i was a hammer and not a nail you know right now there have been other cases where this has happened and it wasn't rape it was consensual because well look these ladies have been without dick for a while they're gonna go lesbo in there but if they don't have to uh, here comes somebody that's packing. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And then they said, oh, well, you can't be doing that. And they had to disrupt their fun. But when it's consensual, I'm like, well, you know, because it sounds like a good idea. If I could just do that, then I can avoid the ass rape from the male prison. If I just say, you know what? You know what my problem is? I've always been in denial that I'm actually a lesbian. And I think yeah. that's that was why my criminal career began. And so I am a woman. You don't have to have the, yeah. the hormones or the, 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 the surgery. No, 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 no. You just have to identify as it, and it's perfectly fine. Right. It so. does present a bit of a, a quandary, but, you know, if you could make it in there with your penis and you are, in fact, a woman, you've discovered that you're a woman and you can go into, then you effectively reverse the, the genital, uh, uh, as they say, the, the genital currency equation and uh, you turn it over on its head, and that now the dick is the currency, and you can get uh, special privileges, you can get cigarettes, you can get, you know, uh, money, commissary funds, uh, you can get uh, any number of things that are, you know, that, that can be bought or sold in prison just simply by having a penis, by being a woman with a penis, you know, you are, you, you become a, a real commodity. Of course, that's quite an incentive to become a criminal. But uh, you would finally get to live out the fantasy of, of the lifestyle of a rock star without, you know, the talent and looks and everything. And, and that would just be, yeah, that, exactly. that would be really cool. I hadn't really, it's a good thing I had you on here to tell me that because that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little backup plan if anything should happen. That's yeah. a good idea. Cause, just like, yeah. Because in the, the UK thing, I thought, well, that's, you know, uh, the, the guy's pre-op and, you know, I figured it would only apply to the post-op, you know, he commit to the bit already. And, uh, but uh, no, it seems like it's wide open. So uh, good thinking there, Pat. Well, they've got it to where you don't have to really commit to the bid anymore at all. You can simply uh, state it. And I suppose that, like, well, like here in New York City, there's a Human Rights Commission, and you can basically declare your uh, manhood, womanhood, you know, or whatever hood uh, at any time and then be, 
you know, for instance, uh, if you go to a ladies' night and and uh, you have a penis, but you are in fact a woman, well, you've got that. Uh, you've got the drinks there, the half price drinks, or the you know two for one or whatever, uh, and then like a, no, no admittance charge, and and you can basically any individual can take advantage of you know the different programs of various uh, perks of being a specific gender without having to you know as you said commit to the bit and and go and have any work done and, and i think that's about as that's about as, as as big of a of a gain just for humanity in general as as, as there can be in this world it is a thing because they uh, they talk about male privilege and everything and you've got that card to play you know, uh, and it, what whatever yeah. advantages uh, women might achieve, we can take it away again. Just we just declare ourselves them, and there you go. Because yeah. uh, even well, look at the wrestler in Texas. You know who became a woman? Exactly. And, yeah, uh, is yeah. suddenly the best wrestler on the team. You know, and 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 in fact, the best in the state. Well, that was true, and also there was an MMA fighter in the in the female uh, matches where a trans woman. Uh, yeah, was allowed in and uh, quickly uh, uh, began to win every fight. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. Every, yeah, I could see that every single fight. Yeah. It, it was strange because you had a lot of, uh, I would assume, uh, these people were leftists and they were feminists, you know, but they were cheering on the sight of what is essentially a man uh, smashing a woman's face. Uh, the bones were broken, all kinds of stuff like that. And so, for the for for a for the, so in that instance, they were cheering on uh, beating women, and uh, it, it was a yeah. curious case. But uh, but it, since he is a woman, you you just can't you know con, uh, condemn it. No, you can't condemn it. And in fact, we are uh, we are forced to uh, into a position of celebrating it into a. Uh, Right, I, I think into a a, a rightful position of, of celebrating it, uh, you know, because uh, as we see these uh, ideas crashing into each other, you know, where like entitlements are going to become, you know, just a, a joke. Eventually, someone now, I mean, like currently, I haven't seen any any straight, uh, you know, men who have made these kind of decisions to to pursue this kind of thing as of yet but i mean it's only a matter of time until until someone with an asshole streak about a mile wide decides to uh go ahead and put this to the test and i don't know how they'll close that those loopholes you know i, I without putting uh, restrictions on a, a person's ability to change their gender it will you know, including things like uh, uh, hormone therapy or, or living as, as a certain uh, for a certain amount of time as a, a woman before you can take advantage of, say, becoming, you know, like in New York City, you can become an electrician for free if you're a woman. I think they I guess they figure there need to be more electrical fires and, and more, uh, you know, uh, workplace uh, disasters. Uh, so uh, they, they go, well, we need more women electricians, even though they don't seem to be otherwise interested in becoming an electrician. Uh, as a, on the whole, I mean, that's why they are encouraging it because there's not enough women doing it. So uh, they have that. And so you immediately have to assume that the, uh, the reason they're not interested is because men have prevented them from doing it. You know, the patriarchy. Because men, what? They have to, you have to assume that the patriarchy prevented them some kind of way, even subconsciously, of, oh, from oh, pursuing oh, right, of those course, careers. Of I mean, yeah. 
Right, by having them play with dolls and insisting that they're interested in bubblegum and pop music instead of, uh, you know, uh, electricity. Uh, but, you know, if, uh, if, if you don't have a history of being a woman, then, uh, and you're just taking advantage of this uh, program because, you know, you're a Johnny come lately or a Jill come lately, uh, then, uh, you know, how will they, they'll have to establish that in some way and put some restrictions on that, which I don't know how they'll do it. I guess they'll just, you know, arbitrarily take it case by case and like, well, you seem like you're just trying to cause a problem, uh, something of that nature, but of, uh, there, there's really no official way to do it without damaging all the uh, individuals who, who actually are women and uh, have, uh, you know, made that decision and, and let it apply to their entire lives. Yeah. Now, an interesting test case would probably more in the principle rather than uh, any laws, but, you know, recently uh, actress Scarlett Johansson was going to do that uh, movie where she played a woman who identified as a man. So, well, the trans community got upset and said there should be a trans actress to do this, or actor, I guess. Uh, But there again, I suppose a man could apply for the role, even though it's supposed to be a woman who identifies as a man. But still, if the woman who identifies as a man, you're supposed to uh, uh, react to them as a man. And you forget about all the little details. So there, technically speaking, I suppose a man could say, well, I identify as a woman who identifies as a man. And so they would have to give him the role. Yeah. Uh, In all fairness, uh, you know, when you have a choice between a an internationally known celebrity who wants to take a role uh that will you know signal virtue for her and uh you know make her uh, a, a darling uh, of that community and that backfires you know obviously as it did uh and then you and then you can find some uh you know transitioning person or or you know trans person who is uh you know unknown and uh etc who you know maybe doesn't they act would have as to well, be unknown, <laughs> right? Uh, then uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like obviously the choice is clear. You know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I, I really don't think that that there's an understanding of the the, the bias of uh, of dollars. You know, uh, like people want to see a Scarlett Johansson movie, they don't want to see a Doug the Tranny movie. You know, uh, although Doug Doug the Tranny is a, fa- a fine fine actor. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's just not as well known, you know, just doesn't have that same cachet. Yeah. I think, see, see Scarlett was, look, I'm trying to do you idiots a favor here. (laughs) 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 The the likelihood that anyone would see the damn thing (laughs) was her being in it, but oh well. Not that I want to see her trying to be a man. I I was okay with her trying to be a Japanese robot, but other than, but this, I, I don't know. But, uh, well, we'll never see it. I, these issues don't interest me. You know, they, they really just don't interest me at all. They, they, don't, uh, they don't really play a role in my life, and, and I'm not interested. So, and, and so few people are. And I guess that's really the root of a lot of the resentment people have against the, the trans movement. You know, as Seth pointed out on, the, like, the last podcast that you mentioned, that, that last, uh, I think it was uh, 344 on Crime Report, New York City Crime Report, is that... Uh, there used to be like if you became a woman, if you you know you would have a sex change operation or something, and you'd be a woman, you know. And now there's like this this whole new, uh, you know, uh, 
category of person. There's, you know, the, the, it, it, it still adhered before to like a binary kind of an interpretation, men or women. You, you might become the opposite sex, but you didn't uh, just become something else altogether, you know. And then once that door was open, then, you know, we have like people, well, I'm not trans, I'm a gender, uh, gender queer or, uh, you know, whatever. And, and, and so now there's all these other... Uh, you know, genders that, that they, uh, and, and, and most people just don't care even about, you know, someone with a, someone with a sex change that people could begin to kind of comprehend like, okay, that's something to think about, I guess. Uh, I'm not real interested in it, but at least I can understand it. And now they've, uh, really ramped it up and, and, and they've, they've, they've gone to a place that people aren't even willing to begin to try to be interested in. Yeah, because it's annoying, and, and plus it's like, God help you if you if you get the pronoun wrong, but how the hell would you even know which one it is? Right. Yeah, as I was saying about the Human Rights Commission, you know, they if you use the wrong pronouns too much, then you can be fined $250,000. You can be fined between one hundred fifty and $250,000. That goes for anybody, but, you know, most especially, I think, landlords or... Uh, you know, employers and stuff like that. So they've really tried to, like, uh, create a, a situation where, you know, people are very, very careful and, and cognizant about, uh, you know, using people's chosen, uh, you know, pronouns and whatnot. And I assume that the way that would manifest would not be in a day-to-day interaction because you never see your landlord, hardly. So this would be in like legal papers and things like that and you would have a lawyer drawing up uh, eviction on somebody in 2c well you don't know who the hell's in 2c you know you just know they haven't paid their rent so you draw up these papers and you ended up calling them the wrong pronoun because like you know what i I suppose you have to research that a lot more carefully now if you're if you're a landlord yeah probably so then you got to hire somebody to do that but that's that yeah it's, it's another path for another shakedown and I think that's where we get to the real goal here <laughs> of how to make money off of some sort of, of phantom misery. Uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. interestingly... How, how, do, how, do you, uh, make, how to make your, uh, what was a disadvantage and, and a, a source of uh, a victimhood narrative into, in fact, an advantage that actually pays. Like, you can, you can make a living just off... Uh, not knowing what gender you are and, and other people not knowing it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know it really because I'm confused, but you'd better goddamn well know it or you're going to have to pony up. Uh, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, there was an interesting thing. I noticed that it's you know, they constantly say LGBT and then there's Q and I and A and you know, sometimes Y, all that stuff. But uh, the B, I think, uh, they, they need to remove it because that suggests bisexuality, but that's clearly binary, and binary is a bad word now, too. So I guess they need, uh, they talk a lot about pansexuality, so I guess it needs to be LGBT, uh, you know, community, because uh, the, the, the B yeah. is very troubling. Yeah, we have another situation where they're... Uh, uh, they're uh uh, their lettering system uh, and their acronym is is falling behind their politics. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, Pat, it, uh, no, logic just doesn't seem to fit in any of these uh, progressive ideas. Well, you know, hey, uh, who needs logic once you disregard science? You know, and I guess that's uh, that's part of it too. Is that like, uh, like I don't need science to tell me that I'm a woman cue the audience applause and we'll be right back yeah yeah 
Boy, I you know what? I I I don't know about you, but I I miss the good old days. I miss gay people. You know, it was so simple. It was just oh well, that guy's gay. That's what he does, and that was it. And and now I I, I don't even know what it is, and I'm probably going to get fined for it at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the thing is uh, about being fined is that. Uh, you know, you know. At least then, you're contributing to progress, and I, and and, if, and those oh, of yeah. us who can't contribute to it intellectually by understanding it can at least contribute financially to uh, help uh, move the the needle. You know, and, and keep us going forward as a society. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good positive attitude there, Pat. That's a good thing there. Yeah, and besides, I don't have the money, so you know, I mean, they can squeeze for blood out of this rock all they want you know i but i don't uh i don't think i'm going to be a target for such a thing i'd be more likely to be a target for uh some sort of a me too uh issue or something you know because i have dated women in the past and if you've dated women in the past at all uh you do leave yourself open for that yeah there's all kinds of things even when uh you know she was kind of in the driver's seat you know she initiated the whole thing it's still she could say well which is uh, typical, from my experience, it was like she was in a vulnerable state. She was mad at a boyfriend or something like that, and and yeah. and I just sat there, or let's say uh, hypothetically, a uh, a friend of mine just huh. sat there while you know uh, hands went somewhere and I just let it happen. Well, that's still gonna be yeah. a me too story because I I could have stopped it at any moment. Or he could. Well, you knew she was vulnerable, or he did, and yet he did nothing to stop this sexual aggression, which was obviously born from pain and oppression uh, on her part. And uh, you know, and she's suffering, uh, you know, and therefore making these sexually aggressive moves. Then uh, you know, she might as well be, you know, half drunk or, or completely uh, wildly uh, blackout drunk on alcohol because. You know, oppression and victimization is also a powerful drug, you know, and uh, she's not in her right mind, you know. Like, like I guess, uh, for instance, the Aziz Asari situation where, you know, she did blow him several times, but, uh, you know, that was obviously wrong for him to let her do that because of, uh, you know, the, the, obviously the, the difference in power in that situation. Or Chris Hardwick, you know, who there was no... I don't believe any sexual issue. It was just all, uh, he was a little insensitive, uh, she made it sound. It was all his attitude is yeah. what she's complaining about. And, you know, and then he released, and he still lost every gig just about. I don't, I don't, maybe he still has that game show. I don't know. But good Lord, they cleaned him out. And he, he wait a minute, look, she was begging to come back and all this stuff. It was complete bullshit. But that doesn't matter. She said you were... I don't know, yeah, controlling he was just or kind something. Of not, he was, that's why I say, if you've dated women, you, you're open for this. If you, But only if you achieve or are about to achieve, on the cusp of achieving, some uh, level of success that you hadn't uh, anticipated. Well, like, say, with Louis C.K., uh, on the eve of the re- release of his movie, it suddenly became uh, a priority, you know, to uh, remember that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, however long ago it was, when we were in... Uh, in a hotel room and you masturbated after asking permission uh and uh you know we stayed and watched the whole thing and it was very traumatizing well uh now that's an issue because you're about to you know uh this is going to be a big uh a big movie release for you and we want to prevent that 
uh, you know, it, it's it's a, a transfer of it. Now nobody remembers their names as uh, as, as I'm sure they. You know, uh, as performers, you know, we want people to remember our names, you know. Uh, so I guess uh, it would be silly to say that they wanted to be completely anonymous uh, for the rest of their lives. Uh, where they might not have, whether they wanted to be connected to this or not, I guess, is, you know, between them and their uh, higher power, you know. But when uh, their higher power being Hollywood. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's a shame, you know, that... that uh, you know, we're deprived of that very Woody Allen-esque looking movie uh, and, and whatever else Louis C.K. had in mind to do. You know, but, uh, you know, it couldn't... Ha- I, I love Louis C.K.'s comedy. I, I'm not crazy about uh, the politics that he espoused. And, uh, you know, when you're a voice for that kind of thing, I think you, you maybe you rightfully become a target. Right. It, it bit him on the ass. You know, that's the crowd he hangs with. And, and they'll sell you out in a heartbeat if it's to their advantage. And it's a strange case because, like you said, he asked for permission to, and basically they witnessed him molesting himself. And uh, in one case where it was the two uh, comedian girls, in in their account, they're admitting they, they were laughing the whole time. <laughs> I But I guess I, I'm not a woman, so I don't understand what trauma is. So even laughing no. uh, could be uh, 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 symptoms of trauma in the event of a, man, well, of a, of a naked man molesting himself. So it, it must be some expression of, of uh, fear, you know, uh, some expression. If you look at, at the even 15 years uh, later, right, right exactly. Uh, the, the, the reason for laughter is uh, if they've they've analyzed the uh, beginnings of that. And it does have to do with like signaling a, uh, a kind of, uh, you know, you're showing teeth and there's a kind of uh, there it is sometimes uh, a response to a threat. And so it must have been that sort of like not the harmless kind of, you know, uh, joyous laughter that we experience from watching a grown man uh, in, in not peak physical condition, uh, you know, masturbating his penis, uh, you know, out of context. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I understand he was like a, a, from from just what I've heard anecdotally, which I don't know to be true, that he was a, quite a, he was possibly quite a, a, a masturbator uh, at large who, uh, you know, as a masturbation was apparently a big part of his life and, and sexual expression. Uh, which, again, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I guess that's the only one that, we're, that we are allowed to condemn is uh, that you know, we can't condemn sexuality of uh you know uh, what used to be thought of as a deviant uh, nature where you know you uh switch genders or switch sexes or you uh decide to e- even they, they've even tried to normalize sex with children but as a uh what they call a cis male uh masturbator who asks permission first that is we can we can that we can judge you know uh, and with a lot of accuracy if he is a more powerful person they they say that he misused his power and influence but uh, power and influence is all that like a sort of a a lumpy uh, you know red-haired you know comedian will have going for him you know it's (laughs) it's a big part of his charm you know at that point and if you can't use your power to influence somebody's uh, decision whether or not to have sex with you then yeah, you're really depriving them of their uh, of their agency. Yeah, it's a strange thing because I didn't think uh, t- uh, Louis C.K. of 20 years ago wasn't really all that powerful. I'm sure he knew people in the business, but not a whole lot. 
to uh, any to, to to go to that level that uh, well, I'd better sit here and watch this crazy naked man beat off because if I want a future gig at this club down the street that he knows, <laughs> that's, this right. is my big chance. <laughs> So uh, yeah, this is gonna help when I audition for sure. Uh, and uh, if I don't, uh, if I want any, and sometimes it doesn't work out that you don't end up that you end up getting a role that you thought you were going to get as a result. I, I you know, like with uh, you know uh, Weinstein, uh, Weinstein there, who's now facing up to life in prison. You know, based on uh, they figure he is a serial predator. Uh, you know, on the, based on these last charges now. Uh, you know, some women in those in these situations, you know, maybe they didn't. Again, uh, they they were not uh, rewarded for their actions in the way that they maybe thought they were going to be. And uh, the ones that were, uh, you know, you don't hear as much about like, well, he helped me. So, because uh, that would be, but so that would be giving us a full picture, you know, of like what actually happens in Hollywood. So it's hard to say how somebody can force you to perform oral sex on them. Uh, I don't, uh, I think we addressed that in a past show too. Like, it just seems like it would be very, very, I don't care about your size and your, you know, to, to, to force it is like, uh, that's quite a thing. Yeah, there's no mention of him using any weapons or, you know, guns to the head. And if you bite down, I'll, you know, I'll kill you or whatever. Uh, so it is a strange thing, but I think this is another one of these shady rules that you, you and I don't understand. It could be that, yeah, you set up a transaction, you give me some sex, and I'll put you, I'll get you a part in this movie. And, and even if you get the part, but you're not that good, and nothing else comes from it later. But two years down the road, and you're not getting any work or anything. Now it's rape uh, because you know it, you, you were misled. Right. It's very much like the, uh, there's a, a, a scenario that was uh, presented to me uh, by uh, a, uh, I believe, uh, a waiter at uh, Dangerfields named Chario, who uh, has been there, you know, since, uh, you know, since the club opened, basically, back in the, like, 69 or something, when Dangerfield opened it himself. And he was a friend and contemporary of Rodney Dangerfield. And but he, he has a lot of uh, sort of, you know, what you would call like a old-fashioned, old-world type of, uh, you know, uh, wisdom, you know. And he, he said that uh, he told this, uh, uh, of this anecdote, this story, in which a prostitute came to the bank and she gave her, uh, you know, money, uh, $500 to the teller to deposit in the bank. And the, the money was fake, you know. And it was very, very clearly fake and recognizable instantly. She said, this money is not, not real. And the prostitute said, my God, check again. She goes, well, you know, it's, it's just not real. Said, this money is counterfeit. It's fake. And then the prostitute said, oh, my God, uh, I've been raped. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, you laugh. And, and a, it, it, there's that old joke. But in today's world, she's got a legitimate case. Yes, yes. I mean, and it's very much applicable to, uh, although the other is uh, perhaps more of a barter situation, uh, it's, um, yeah, there's, there is a, a comparison to be made. <laughs> All right, Pat, before I wrap this up, there's one more story uh, that was a, a bit a strange one from uh, Crime Report where you and Seth talked about apparently uh, mussels are wiping out the aquatic sea life in the Great Lakes or something like that. Oh. 
It's funny how that would come up in New York City Crime Report. I think this was in comparison to uh, vaginas being used as currency and the fact that uh, that they used to hunt uh, wild vaginas uh, by using a trapping hole, uh, 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 like a you know that similar to like a Burmese tiger trap, and uh, they would they would catch wild vaginas that way. It's seldom done that way now. It's generally more done through, uh, you know, power, uh, money, uh, you know, even charm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, and so we thought of these uh, as uh, you can't hunt them down necessarily, the, the wild vaginas. Uh, and so sometimes they become an invasive and uh, an intrusive influence on the environment, uh, much in the same way these zebra mussels do. Uh, the zebra mussels, they, they're really a scourge. You know, I believe they come from Russia uh, South, Southern Russia, uh, originally, and they clog up, uh, intake pipes into electricity, uh, you know, producing power plants and whatnot. And, and they, uh, they basically, uh, will also filter so much water and so much, they're very good filters. They'll take a lot of the, the, uh, nutritional value out of the water for the other fish. And, and, um, it's a, a bit of an issue so yeah we we did look at that and they uh, once they're loose you know they 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 have spread believe it or not this i mean like all they do is just kind of attach to a hard surface and sit there but they proliferate and they've moved and they were first discovered i believe in the great lakes in the early 90s and uh they've uh gotten into the hudson and uh, you know there's a, there's an organization that uh, the uh, 100th meridian project i believe is what it's called that is uh, fighting that, but uh, you know another one is the which I didn't get a chance to bring up is the snakehead fish, which I don't know if you're familiar with the snakehead, but that fish, yeah, you yeah down in Louisiana, uh, you're acquainted well acquainted with wildlife and uh, and such, and and those snakeheads are they can be used for food, but they do. Unlike the zebra mussels, which you can't eat really because of all the, because uh, they filter all the detritus out of the water, and it's basically like eating garbage. But uh, the uh, snakehead is a good source of food. But they can live out on the land for uh, a, 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 up to four days, I believe. Yeah, that's like an evolutionary survivor there. So, like, if a body of water is like there's a drought or whatever, they can make the trek and sense out where another body of water is. And uh, so, yeah, they got about four days there to find it, and then they survive, you know? Yeah, they slither sort of like a snake. Uh, it, it, they get incredibly muscular bodies, and, and they can grow to be a, a very, very large, you know, several couple of feet long, I believe, like three and a half feet long, maybe. Uh, and they, they're just a man. They, they can eat rats, even. They can come out and eat small, uh, you know, mammals, which is just... Uh, like you said, it's a real evolutionary uh, a yeah. leap. You I know, mean, it sounds like a Saturday Night Sci-Fi movie, but it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and and, and when, yeah, it's 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 uh, something that something that the people know when they watch the keep keep an eye on it when when people talk about the environment and people talk about the uh, you know uh, what's going on in the world of nature and and all these things. People love to talk about shrinking polar ice caps, but they don't focus nearly enough on the snakeheads and the zebra mussels and you know these kind of things do prop up from time crop up from time to time on uh, New York City Crime Report because it's it's a show that informs and it's a show that uh, well that, that makes you laugh as well and and it's also uh, 
you know, thoroughly researched and, uh, and, and presented in a way that would never compromise my journalistic integrity. And that's, you know, really the most important thing that there is on the planet. Well, I mean, uh, by comparison, For all by comparison us. to things like uh, CNN, uh, you're due a, a Pulitzer and a Peabody at this point. I think so. Uh, it, it, I have been largely overlooked by the uh, committees. Um, now, I've been doing this since 2011, uh, just diligently covering New York City crime and focusing on that while also, you know, uh, as these things come up, uh, really just by associative uh, leaps that I make, you know, in my thinking, uh, then, uh, you know, they, it's a kind of news coverage and a kind of a crime coverage that you don't otherwise get, especially true crime, which, you know, is really, we're not into judgment, you know, we're not into taking sides, uh, but, uh, you know, unless it comes down to, you know, just obvious cases of insurrection like we've had, you know, from uh, the left in the last few years. But, I mean, that's that's uh, been a recent development. You know, we, uh, you know, W.C. Fields, one of the great comic journalists of all time, uh, was, because, uh, you know, all comics are journalists. Uh, they, uh, he, 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 uh, in the bank deck, you know, he doesn't take sides with this, these uh, it's bank robbers or police. Uh, he projects an indifference that is not only comedically refreshing, but is a is, is a breakthrough, uh, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, objectivity. And uh, it's, it's a new level. And, and we've tried to uh, stick with groundbreaking coverage, news coverage like like that at W.C. Fields. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's, uh, if you let me talk long enough, I'll say something that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, the New York City Crime Report, uh, reporting and uh, analysis, more analysis rather than opinionated commentary. And uh, that's what Never. you can expect, uh, inspired by W.C. Fields. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Doug alright Pat thanks for uh, uh, hanging with me despite the technical difficulties and whatnot. and uh, gee it was so much fun we'll do it again sometime um, I 100% agree talk to you soon okay bye bye see ya The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. You know, something that I thought was with the is that if you did rig the election, right, if you yeah. colluded with Russia yeah. to, to rig the election... Do you think that you would be saying before the election, hey, this thing's rigged. This election could be rigged. <laughs> I know.